and welcome to another episode of Mark My Words. Don't forget the colon. So following on from my episode in series one with the incredible anonymous sex worker, I am joined again by Rose, Coco, Trixie and Ultraviolet for another episode talking about sex work and in particular to do with feminism. So today's episode is obviously fully anonymous. So every one of these people speaking is using a pseudonym. If you do know the voice, shut up, don't say anything. I respect their privacy, please. I'm very grateful to all of them for sharing their time and stories with me today. And I'm very excited to have these open conversations. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hi, guys. So um, we've had a little sort of brief before this call, but um, why don't you all introduce yourselves to the listeners here? Um, Maybe a little bit about who you are and the kind of work that you do. Um, Okay, so I'm Rose. I'm a stripper and I also sell amateur porn. Um, I've been paid for sex a couple of times, but that's not something I really enjoy, so I don't do it anymore. Um, And yeah, I'm a student. Um, I'm Trixie and I have a full-time job, but and I kind of do this sex work stuff on the side. Um, I've only been doing it for a few months so far um, and it's mainly online stuff probably mainly because of um, lockdown and everything. Um, but I have an OnlyFans and I sell stuff from there. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I am Ultraviolet. I'm a 22 years old uh, wildlife conservation student. And uh, I'm doing a little bit of uh, online sex work on the side. I've been doing it for around eight months now. And uh, I'm on two platforms. I'm on Admire Me and OnlyFans, which are platforms you can sell erotic pictures and videos and have a monthly subscription. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's been real fun so far. Um, I'm Coco. Um, I mainly work in retail um, (laughs) and do um, a few different things on the side. So... Um, I have done stripping in the past, um, I have an OnlyFans, um, and I do FinDom as well, um, both online and in person as well. Fab, thank you very much. So I've got a couple of um, topics for us today to have a chat about. Um, one topic that came up um, in my last interview that we didn't really get into was the argument that sex work is incompatible with feminism. Um, and this I could see boiled Rose's blood and we didn't really manage to get into the the conversation Um, but I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say about the idea that sex work degrades women I think at least for me feminism is about empowering women which means being able to make your own decisions and I think the thing that a lot of people don't realise is that most sex workers do sex work at their own choice. I think people conflate sex work and like trafficking and things like that. Um, But that's almost sort of a separate issue. Um, And yeah, feminism is all about being able to choose to do whatever you want to do. And if I choose to do sex work, that doesn't make me any less of a feminist. I agree. I think like feminism as you said is about like empowerment and everything and this is probably the most empowering thing that I've ever done 
like I do it out of choice I don't have to do it but I do it because I like it um and I feel it is empowering for me it makes me feel good about myself and more confident and I've been a lot more confident in myself since I started doing it so it's it's great (laughs) so can I ask in what ways do you feel empowered by the work that you do um I choose exactly what I want to do um I am not told to do anything um I can choose to what level I want to go to if there's something that someone asks me to do that I don't feel comfortable with I don't have to um and it's just sort of I guess the feeling that you're giving entertainment to someone and making someone else feel good through your performance is it's a good feeling to me and um I really enjoy just the the gratitude I get from people when they say that um like I've helped them through their day or something it's it's nice there is this quote I really like from uh, the Peaky Blinders in which the the main character says we are all whores we just sell different parts of ourselves and uh yeah that that really resonates with me because sex work can be a passion for some people for other people it can be just a regular job that brings the money in and for other people it may be a job that they are not so much into but that they need at a certain moment so I think any of these reasons are completely valid to do sex work and that is it is just like any other job it has good good sides and bad sides and um, apart from that I I think I benefit from my online sex work to kind of educate um, the people who are wanting to watch me on what my sexuality is like. And it's very different from what I see in porn. It's a bit less uh, cliche maybe sometimes. It's a bit less nice. And uh, I find it really interesting to, to be able to communicate that. So I see a lot of value in this too. Um. I also I agree completely with that. Um, I also believe that a lot of the attitudes that are coming from so-called feminists um, who believe that sex work um, takes away from that, I think a lot of that does actually come from some internalised misogyny on their part as well, whether that's intentional or not. Um, it kind of repeats the, no- the narrative that... Um, women should behave in a certain type of way so I think seeing us do what we want to do which doesn't necessarily conform with what some people may expect to see of some women it just doesn't marry into their kind of idea of what feminism should look like again Um, and I think sex work is a great way to kind of to create allies and a sisterhood as well you know Um, I've had some of the biggest support from other sex workers and I think that is something that needs to be shown more and expressed more because I think at the end of the day I mean we should be able to do whatever the hell we want. Um, That's really interesting because I think the as you say Coco the sort of the stereotype or the kind of given narrative is that sex work is men forcing women to pleasing them and not necessarily empowering them to make their own decisions so do you think this has always been the case or is this something that i think women have had to 
No, I think this is, I think this has been something that's gone on for a long, long time. Um, I just think that, you know, in more recent times, the face of feminism has changed and the face of empowerment has changed as well. Um, and I think, as with anything, it's just adapting um, and evolving and we're just getting to see different aspects. So talking about the stigma that this has created and the way that it's sort of misunderstood, you said there's a sisterhood or there should be between sex workers in the adult industry. Um, do you find that there's a stigma from other women more so than men? Definitely. Um, cause there are like, I'm in a couple of groups on like Instagram and stuff, um, with other sex workers where we build each other up, um, and we help promote each other and stuff like that. And it's, it's really nice. Everyone's so lovely to each other. Like if someone's having a bad mental health day, we'll all like jump on and be like, Hey, if you need to talk, we're here, um, stuff like that. But like, I'm secretive of who I am and I haven't told my friends what I do. And part of that is mainly because. I know I think some of my friends would look down on me for doing this and I know it's not like it's not exactly their own opinions it's how they've been brought up and the like misogyny that's behind everyone's upbringing these days um and definitely like a one thing that I'd be scared of if it was to come out like that I'm doing this is how some girls that I know would look down on me for it even though I don't think it should be looked down on like at all. I think it's a great thing to do. Um, and like it's educational and it's empowering, as I said. Um, but there are a lot of people that have been brought up to think that this is just wrong. And I was one of those people when I was younger. Um, but yeah, it's it's really difficult to sort of show that it's a good thing and not a bad thing. <laughs> so how do you think we can show that? How do you think you can change other people's minds in a way that doesn't involve them getting directly involved in your line of work? I think, honestly, things like this, just doing, like, interviews with sex workers really help. I mean, um, I've watched <laughs> I've watched a whole bunch of, like, documentaries on where they've interviewed sex workers in all sorts of different, you know, types of jobs. Um, and I've watched them with my mum, which maybe isn't like your classic mother-daughter viewing, but uh, <laughs> she finds it interesting. And it's sort of, she's never been one to look down on people, but I think she has had some of that stigma about sex work being bad or being inherently like dangerous or not empowering. And then actually after sort of watching these like interviews and stuff, um, she's then kind of like, oh, they're just normal people and this is just like a regular job and it's fine you know um and I think the other thing as well which I never really thought about but um there's someone who I follow on Instagram called Jack the Stripper who I love um and she made a very good point that sex work is the only job where you have to justify that it's empowering no one will ever say to, if you're working in like retail or in a call center or I don't know, as like a stock market trader or something. No one's ever going to say to you, like, is your job empowering? How do you find it empowering? And, you know, they won't only accept your job if it's empowering to you. But for some reason in sex work, it's only justified if it's empowering, which doesn't make much sense. 
Mm. So do you think there's a double standard for women who are, as you say, Coco, doing a sort of alternate route into liberating themselves in a feminist way and with their own bodies? Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think there is a double standard there. Um, but again, like, I don't necessarily think it's, you can blame that, um, you know, sometimes you project what you absorb so you know when you've kind of been around these narratives it's kind of not to be expected but it's understandable um that there is these double standards for me it's not a problem if you're then open to see other perspectives and potentially you know educate yourself and change your mindset um i think that's where the gold lies um yeah there is a double standard though for sure so then uh, thinking about the way, as you say, you know, you project what you absorb, how do you think that your line of work affects your daily life and your relationships with other people, whether or not they know or not? Do know what I actually, <laughs> I think it, it's, it's, it's helped. Um, I'm, I'm a very, you know, that, I was going to say forceful, I'm not a forceful person at all, but when I believe in something, I... I'm so passionate about it and I really like to help other people and try and get other people to kind of like, I guess, see where I'm coming from. That makes me sound really bad, actually. I'm not manipulative or anything, I promise. <laughs> um, but I think my relationships with other people now, um, I have no judgment. Like, so when I speak to people, you know, and people have conflicting opinions and ideas of myself, my first thing isn't to judge. Um, it's more just to educate and I think that in that sense my relationship with people um have changed that I'm you know I, I I try my best to help other people to see different ways and um you know I have a partner um and I think for me it's really helped us to communicate because it's so important to communicate in your relationship when you do this kind of thing um and it's really forced me as well to make sure that I am communicating my points across in a good way as well um I'm actually like I'm married myself and my husband is he's really supportive in all of this um and I probably wouldn't be as confident in doing it as I am if he wasn't like backing me up all the time and he's just like I don't know I don't know how to explain it he's just like you would expect there's so many men that I've been with in the past that are just like they wouldn't dream of me doing anything like this and they would have like if I tried to they would have stopped me and it's just like the fact that my husband now does like I was going to say allow he doesn't allow me to do it he like <laughs> enjoys me doing it mm -hmm. and he likes how it makes me feel um that's an incredible thing and that in itself is a great feeling and again empowering it's it's great yeah so uh, i am single at the moment and it's actually um a very important point when i meet potential new partners i need to feel uh confident that that's something that they will uh at least uh, respect and uh, try to understand and then if it doesn't work for for them particularly then it's okay we can each go our separate ways but with partners with new partners it's very important that they 
yes, they are able to respect that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So do you think that um, the stigma about sex workers not being able to get into healthy relationships and not being able to communicate and all this kind of stuff that you guys clearly disagree with, um, do you think that comes from, um, well, as you say, an internalized um, misogyny from women around the males? Or do you think this is something that is constructed by society as a whole? I think it partly comes from closed-mindedness almost like if someone themselves can't ever imagine being in a relationship with a sex worker um then they kind of project that onto everyone else and think well then nobody could be in a healthy relationship with a sex worker that's not possible um and i think a lot of people don't sort of consider that obviously everyone's different everyone has different views on these things um and i don't know i think there's a bit of a combination of like a societal narrative and a personal narrative that you're then projecting onto others if that makes sense but then when that comes into your daily life and i mean rose and i have spoken about the way that uh, this can affect you know career paths outside of the sex industry if the there is so much narrative going against sex workers then how do you guys feel continuing your sex work while then sitting in interviews for jobs i mean nitrix you say you have a full-time job outside of this industry um how do you feel this affects that um so i'm in an industry where well i'm in sort of like a small company in tech um where if it was to like i have i haven't told them about any of this um and but if it was to come out i feel comfortable enough in the company that i'm in that they could just turn around to me and say hey we found this out um what's going on sort of thing whereas I think if I was in like a bigger sort of company like I don't know the apples of the world and stuff like that um it would be frowned upon a lot um it it is a difficult thing to sort of balance um and that is why I'm keeping my two lives very separate at the moment um I I wish that I couldn't I wish that I could just tell people at my work that oh I do this on the side but it's because it's such a big societal thing that sex work is a bad thing at the moment. Um, and it's, it's just about like, my company not, might not mind, but like clients might think, oh my God, they've hired this girl, what's going on? And it, it is just a general, a generalized thought in society that it's a bad thing and it shouldn't be. But I don't know. I feel like the world is slowly coming round to it though. I don't know if it's just because I've got more into um, sex work and sort of swinging and like underground clubs and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Or I feel like there is a giant like underground society almost of people that enjoy this stuff and do like have open relationships and um, stuff like that. That It's coming up, I feel, but there is still like a massive like, I don't know like the generalized part of society yeah 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 so it's funny you bring that up about um whether or not it's getting better um i was wondering with obviously the internet and as you say you're in groups and and chats and stuff and you feel that sex workers are empowering each other um well i think most of you do online work am i right there Mm -hmm. yeah so with with your work being online you know in I suppose, you know, 30 years ago, for example, when the internet wasn't 
a way that you could make money through sex work. Do you think that things have changed in mentality for people who are outside of this industry? Or do you think that people within the industry are just more connected? Essentially, is it getting better? I think, um, I think, yeah, do you know, going back onto Trix's point, I don't know if I'm just clouded by like my own little social bubble and I'm like, yeah, everything's great now. Um, (laughs) But I do think that um, it's becoming a little bit more normalised just because it is so accessible now. Um, And it's everywhere, you know, like there's memes about, only fans and things like that like it's becoming a part of everyday life and everyday conversation now so I think the first step in any kind of acceptance is it being normalized so I think we are on our way um to some kind of progress in that sense um I definitely think it's becoming more normalized again like I said with all the funny memes and things (laughs) So you say that it's becoming more normalised for people to be on your side of the argument, but do you worry that it's also becoming more normalised to shame, body shame, you know, slut shame, and all these, you know, frankly misogynist um, opinions and viewpoints? Yeah, there is that as well. I mean, yeah. Um, I think, I don't even know if, I think, I don't think it's becoming more normalised. I think people are getting braver. Um, because we are in a generation where there's internet trolls on every comment, on every post, you know, there's going to be somebody underneath saying something. Um, Unfortunately, we're at a time where those people get attention and, you know, there's a lot of clout chasing (laughs) um, in saying Mm. certain things, you know, people like to incite and spark a reaction. Um, So I think people are just getting braver to say certain things. I don't actually think that, it's becoming a more widely shared viewpoint. Um, It's just, you know, we've just got to make sure that our voice is louder than theirs. So you just think that your echo chamber is louder and bigger and better than those trolls over there in the corner? Yeah, I think we're pretty resilient. And, you know, we, we yeah, the fact that, you know, we're doing this, we're doing this podcast and there are other sex workers actively speaking out, you know, um, it's strength in numbers, so surely we'll win (laughs) it is it is difficult though like the fact that like instagram keeps like shadow banning everyone and like they don't let you show certain things and everyone's getting like um accounts deleted left right and center like it's not just instagram it's other platforms as well um so there is some kind of like i think there is some kind of uh misogyny behind that um, like saying, well, no, women shouldn't be allowed to show this on like social media, but there's always something else that's there that we've come up with um, to like get over it. Um, so we're we're fighting back. <laughs> so with Instagram, as you say, shadow banning, and generally the perception before you guys get your voices heard is that your work is quote immoral. Where do you think this immorality? or this, this is perspective comes from specifically? Is it the female empowerment or is it the fact that it's nudity and bodily autonomy? What do you think is so revolutionary and radical to people who haven't been exposed to this kind of discussion? I think... Big question, I know. <laughs> big question. <laughs> um, honestly, I think it's just kind of archaic. And do you know when people say like, oh, I'm just old fashioned and it's kind of like, but 
are you old fashioned or are you just not willing to try and see anyone else's point of view? And I think anyone who thinks that sex work is immoral and that sex workers are immoral by doing it comes from that view that women don't have our own sexual identity that you know we're all like modest and you know we don't that men are the only ones who are actually sexual beings so if a woman is being sexual it must be because there's something wrong with her or there's something bad about her or she's being forced into it um and to be honest i think people kind of just need to get with the times and realize that women are our own individual people with our own personalities and our own autonomy and we can do whatever the hell we want that kind of like leaps out into like it's not just in sex work that that happens it's like mm-hmm. in in loads of careers um like the the career I'm in 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 tech like I I uh do computer programming and stuff like that and that's a very male dominated um career path and I think there is still like the is still the thought that the woman should be like at home cooking and cleaning and looking after the kids and not having her own job and not making her own money and stuff like that um and so it's not just in sex work that that happens but it it's even worse in sex work because they're like oh no you shouldn't be sexy as well you shouldn't be showing this what are you doing and just like you shouldn't be able to code and be smart and make your own money yeah. you shouldn't also be an attractive woman who can make her own decisions yeah like how dare you <laughs> <laughs> exactly how dare you <laughs> I also I completely agree. I also think um, again, it's not necessarily just with sex work. I think just in mainstream media as well. If you think of most of the films you've watched or music videos or anything with some kind of narrative and think stories that get put into the media and tabloids and things, you know, any time a woman is kind of ex- excluding that kind of sexuality or that kind of power within herself, she's the villain. Like in pretty much everything. So I think you know, it's it's really easy to kind of look at sex workers and make us the bad guys. And, you know, you just assume like, oh, they're probably like, they're man eaters, they're bloody, they're easy, or, you know, um, that's all they've got about them and things like that. And it's like, it's hard to kind of say, we are more than this, we are more than this, when media is saying, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and especially when, when you work in, as you say, an underground culture yeah. where... I mean, this interview is anonymous, for example, you, you know, until you guys stick your faces onto your words, do you think that you'll be able to be heard as loudly as the media who are, I suppose, in another way, a faceless, loud voice? Yeah, no, I feel like, yeah, that, that can, see, this can be used against us, like, <laughs> the fact that we, we, we're being anonymous, but it's like, you know, at the same time, the fact that we have, that we are choosing to be anonymous and, you know, and in certain areas that's not necessarily a choice you know for your safety or whatever you have to be anonymous I think mm-hmm. instead of looking at that actually as oh well there you go you wouldn't hide your face if it wasn't a problem you should then think about it as oh why do you have to do that like what have we done that has kind of like given you guys that that worry yeah think? exactly it's like we're, we're not anonymous because we're ashamed of what we do I mean you know all of my friends know what I do my sister does my mom knows some of it um I'm not ashamed of it at all but the reason I'm you know being anonymous for this interview is partly because 
you know, if somebody, if, well, if I wasn't anonymous, then I could get a hell of a lot of abuse for it from people who are misogynistic and stuff. And also for job prospects, which kind of links back to what you guys were talking about earlier. Like, I, unfortunately, if I was sort of like publicly out as a sex worker, that could affect my future career prospects it could you know some employers like you guys have said look down on that and they would decide not to employ me because of that which is really wrong but for right now you know I don't I would rather get into the job and then try and change people's perspectives once I'm sort of in there if that makes sense I don't want to have to sacrifice my future career for the sake of this which for me this is like a temporary um sort of short-term job thing if that makes sense Mm. Mm -hmm. almost like a hobby that pays I guess yeah and it's like for me as well you know doing stripping works really well with uni because I would do obviously pre-covid would do it once a week on a Saturday night don't have lectures the next day and it you know so it didn't affect my studies because it fitted around them really well um and it is something I want to carry on doing for a few years but it's not like I'm not building my career around that personally. I want to go into like charity work and stuff. So as you say, with working in lockdown um, and what things basically being moved online as opposed to in person, um, I'm correct in thinking you're all on OnlyFans. I'm Is that not, correct? No. Gotcha. Well, with using an online platform, um, have you seen a change in your work over the past few months? Um, I wonder how this has affected you guys. I've only been uh, working online. So I've started off with OnlyFans and Admire Me at the start of lockdown. So no change for me. It's mm. always been that way. So then obviously, I suppose, with celebrities and such utilizing platforms like OnlyFans um, in a way to connect with their followers, have you seen that this has damaged your um, career? Because I think there was a scandal with, was it Bella Thorne? Yeah, okay. She went off the platform and they had to I change the so, rules. Yeah. How did that affect you yeah. guys? Um, it didn't affect me personally because I'm still at the start. I'm still growing, so I, I don't think I got directly affected by that at all. It's kind of a tricky point because what I understand is that at the start, OnlyFans was not created only for sex workers. It was The, the main um, reason given was more for uh, famous people to give exclusive content to their followers, to people who want to pay, so it doesn't even have to be sexual at all so I cannot blame um, famous people influencers for making an OnlyFans what we can resent them for is for making it not really clear if it's gonna be 18 plus not safe for work kind of letting a little doubt over it and then lots of people are following because they are interested in the more uh, sexy pictures, erotic content, and being very disappointed of having paid a, a very high price for basically the same pictures. That you could get on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that they've got on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That they've got on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not exactly sure what happened with the Bella Thorne thing, but I just remember seeing like a lot of sex workers that I follow. There was like a big backlash, I think, because she was. I don't know, it it seemed to some people that she was almost making a mockery out of it. She was just like doing it for the sake of it instead of, and there were some really hardworking sex workers out there that are like struggling 
to do it and then just because she's famous she's just like oh I'm just gonna get like another million pounds from doing nothing basically um and I think a lot of people just weren't happy with that um but yeah it's it's difficult because I mean when you're in that position and you can make a million pounds from just showing your boobs you might as well I don't know that's mine (laughs) that's my opinion yeah (laughs) how do you think it relates because you've all made the arguments that um your sex work and especially with online platforms it's liberating you can go to lengths that you approve and it's all very much autonomous um when a celebrity utilizes the same platform in a way that i suppose you know we can probably agree is not fair to someone who hasn't got the same notoriety by just their name do you think it's a lack of feminism on their part that they haven't considered women of different financial um means i would say so um, I think it's just a lack of consideration, um, you know, and kind of like sticking into your own bubble and, you know, like, again, I get it. Like if I was in a situation, in a position where I knew I could utilise and take advantage of my status for my own gain and in my, maybe for her, she didn't even consider the negative effects and you know in my head I'm thinking this is this is okay like I can do this fair enough um but I think it is just it's just a lack of thinking it through um you know um it is a lack of yeah it's one of those but at the end of the day it is a lack of feminism like you're not a feminist if you're not considering everybody else you know your feminism shouldn't only cater for you as a cisgendered white woman um of a certain status you know you've got to think of other people as well but then can I challenge that and say that I threw that question out there not because I well how can I say this the correct way I threw that question out there because my personal qualm with what I've seen some feminist groups do is that feminism I believe is one of the only groups um, for social progression which is consistently harassed into including everyone I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it's good in the long run. However, when we saw the Black Lives Matter movement, it was, for example, Black Lives universally. It wasn't then going to extreme lengths to make sure that Black Lives Matter, including people who are disabled or women or um, non-binary people. Whereas every time, say, I hear about feminism at my university... It's consistently representing all echelons of society within feminism at the same time. I wonder how you guys might respond to that. Do you think there's an extra pressure to not just include gender equality, but then to go further? Yeah, I think, well, for me, feminism is, it has to be intersectional. You know, obviously it started out as um, a movement for equality for women but I think it's evolved into recognizing that firstly women obviously that you know we're a very diverse group ourselves you have people of all different ethnicities people with disabilities different sexualities and stuff um and I think it's very important as well to include the transgender community within feminism too um I think sometimes the issue that people have is if as a feminist if you choose to have a discussion where you're focusing on a certain group to say if you're you know having a discussion about the transgender community and their rights and stuff and then people sort of go oh well what about whoever 
and you're like yeah that's fine but right now we're having this conversation about this specific community because they mm. have their specific mm. challenges and needs that are very unique to them and while feminism i think should include everybody from sort of all walks of life you do also need to break it down into focusing on very individual needs of certain groups of people if that makes sense that's an excellent answer don't have anything more to add to that no she said it (laughs) (laughs) yeah she got it all she got it all fantastic well again i'm playing devil's advocate as i do in most interviews and I do you a curveball there and you hit it right back in my face. <laughs> so I think my final question that I'll pose to you guys today is that you've spoken about your bodily liberation, the way that feminism and your body has sort of um, combined in a way that is freeing to you through the sex industry. And now I have, a pose, I have to pose a question to you guys. Do you think if you were all male and went by male pronouns, you would feel the same shame and pressure to not um, hide your sex work? Absolutely not. I think that if I was a male sex worker, a cisgender, straight, I think that uh, I might have less success, or at least at first, uh, because it's not the same public I'm uh, trying to reach. And... Uh, yeah, I think that female just gets maybe a bit more... There's more competition, there's more females doing it, but there's also more um, public and people willing to pay to see female bodies. Anyways, I think I would more easily show my face on social media and everything because uh, I think my photography, my pictures would be considered more to be art to be artistic, the exact same setting, exact same picture that if it, if I was a woman in it, because it's less seen, it's less common. And I even I, when I see a guy being nude and uh, erotic on a picture on Instagram, I think I automatically think, oh, that's very, very artistic. And when I would see a woman, I would be more used to seeing that and would be more likely to consider it that way at mm. first. I, I agree as well. Like, if I was a guy doing this, um, I would probably have told people about it, whereas I, I haven't. Um, because I feel like, as a man, you sort of you can say, Oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing sex work, and the lads will be like, Oh, yeah, go on. Like, well done. <laughs> but if I told my female friends that I'm doing it, like, I think some of them would be supportive, but some of them probably wouldn't be. And going back mm-hmm. to like ultraviolet saying the stuff that she like, I follow her and I, I see her pictures and her work and it's really good and it is really arty. But I can see like if if it was a man doing that exact same stuff, even if it's pictures of her, um, it would be like, oh, wow, this is so artistic. This is great. This is great, um, great photographic work. Um, but because it's her that's taking pictures of herself, it's like, oh, why? Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> like it's it's weird the opinions you get but and I have seen some really successful guys on OnlyFans some guys like do really well out of it and pretty much all the ones that I've seen aren't anonymous either they like show their faces on social media and stuff like that um I feel like I'm gonna kind of flip it a little bit um (laughs) because from, from what I have seen um 
you know everything I'm saying you know I can only go on what I've seen in my experiences um mm. I I think if I were male and I were to use male pronouns um I think I would still get a lot of stick for it um I still think sex work in general um is something that is widely frowned upon and um oh. people have a lot to say regardless of who's doing it people have got a lot to say um so I still think there would be um, a lot of stigma attached to it. Um, although I do think I would feel more confident in showing my face just because I I think um, as a woman, the stigma stays with you for longer. And even when you're long done doing sex work, I feel like you're, you always have that stigma attached to you. Whereas I think it's a lot easier for society to kind of let go of it for men i think that cisgender men who do sex work they still have you know there's still stigma like sex work is stigmatized no matter who it is doing it i think for me i think the main difference would be safety like i think as a woman if you are doing sex work particularly in-person sex work you're much more at risk of being the victim of violence you know um whereas I think for a cisgender man that wouldn't be as big of a worry and I agree as well with what you're saying about the sort of reputation almost sticking with you for a lot longer I hadn't actually really thought about that but I think that's a very good point when a woman you know does sex work it's kind of then for the rest of her life like that's it you know whereas I think with men people would kind of be able to see well you know he has other aspects to who he is and oh but he's also really smart and that sort of thing you know which is very annoying well we have recorded for almost an hour now um so I am going to be letting you go soon however I have one final question and you can keep this as short as you like if you could say one thing directed to any I don't want to say misogynist, but any person who doesn't understand or agree with your line of work, speak through to the podcast now and what would you say to them? I think I would say really think about the reasons as to why you disagree with it. Then think about how many of those reasons actually affect you. And then think about why you think that reason should stop me from doing what I'm doing. I don't know if I can beat that. <laughs> that was perfect. Um, I would just say maybe, I know everything these days you say, like do research, but literally just follow some people that do this work. Maybe message them or something. Like I'm always happy to answer someone on Instagram that has like questions about what I do. And just talk to some of these people and see what they do and why they're doing it. And I think once you start talking to sex workers and understanding their reasons behind it I think you'll understand a lot more yeah I agree I think if you're listening to this podcast that's a good start um and if if you're trying to form an opinion about sex work the only logical thing to do is to listen to sex workers it doesn't make sense to listen to someone who's never done sex work because how can they possibly know what it's like um so yeah, I agree. Just listen to what sex workers have to say for themselves and 
like Coco said, challenge why you hold those views and do they actually make any sense at all? Yeah, and I would add that um, you don't have to to like like sex work or um, consume sex work to respect it. If it's not your thing, that's absolutely fine. But you can still understand that other people like it and other people do it on their side. In other words, shut up and listen to my feminism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you very much for your time, guys. This is the longest interview I've ever done with anyone, but we have tackled some huge topics. You've done great. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Where can people find you if you are willing to communicate with people if they have further questions? However, obviously, if this is not something you're you know, comfortable doing, feel free to just not answer. Um, the best place to follow me is on Instagram. It's at Trixie with two X's and an I on the end underscore bella and then another underscore that's that's where you'll find me you can find me on instagram or on fetlife at she is ultraviolets all together i'll be happy to answer anything well thank you very much again for your time ladies and uh i cannot wait to hear the response to this episode hopefully it will all be positive so thank you again. thank you thank, thank you, you. Thank you so much. As you can imagine, organising an anonymous interview between four guests has been a bit of a monster feat, but I'm very grateful to Trixie, Rose, Ultraviolet and Coco for essentially trusting me um, and for giving us so much frank information, I suppose. Um, their stories are not different to most sex workers and frankly if you do have any more questions feel free to hit them up on social media but also please do be respectful and hopefully you've learned something from this episode um, but yes thank you very much for listening thanks